Alabama sports talk leader, Tiger Communications proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm on the show today with my buddies Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry inside our studios here on South College Street. Full show for you today in a condensed version. That's right. Auburn softball had a game rescheduled from earlier in the season, so the Tigers will play their final non-conference game today at 5 o'clock when they take on the Alabama State Hornets. That game will air at 4.45. We're on the air for an hour and a half here today on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Uh, We'll have our birthdays in sports coming up here in about a half hour. Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post will be a part of our program. We're going to talk all things NFL Draft with Jerry Brewer on the program. And then uh, also later in the show at 4 o'clock, J.G. Tate from AuburnSports.com will reunite with J.G. He'll reunite with Tom Peavy and all the great folks here on the program. So looking forward to that coming up here on today's show. 334 887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of today's program. Cam Berry, how are you today? Sad. Yeah? My, yeah, my Hawks got eliminated, eliminated last, last night. night. Yeah, tough loss. Um, clearly the Miami here were the better team, definitely. Um, so, you know, not a, not a great Great, great uh, game from us. We tried to fight down at the end. Pretty much wasted a career game from DeAndre Hunter, 35 points and 11 rebounds. And he fouled out towards the end of the game, losing. Uh, we lost 97-94 in Miami. But, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully moving forward, we'll uh, make some adjustments, make some trades maybe, uh, make some moves here, maybe have a coaching change. I feel like that's what a lot of people would like to see. Um maybe Nate McMillan uh, in after his first year, which would be surprising to a lot, but maybe he uh, he ends up no, no longer being the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. But great day, very beautiful day outside, so I guess that kind of helps my mood a little bit. Uh, no kidding, yeah, yeah. I had some Chick-fil-A for breakfast today, so, you know, that, that kind of brightened up the mood a little bit. So I'm doing better, definitely doing better. Brent, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it, like Cam said, kind of sad that the Hawks lost, but – you know, it's it's all right. Uh, I didn't expect them to go super deep this year. Um, just the way the regular season went was not yeah. – didn't have a ton of expectations, but uh, I was hoping they could pull it out, but couldn't find a way to do it. Trey Young got put in a spin cycle, and no one Dude. could really help him out of it. So no. uh, it was upsetting. But like you said, we got some Auburn softball, got some really cool guests lined up today. Uh, a lot of big recruiting news going on right now. Auburn is in the mix for a couple of big football and basketball recruits. Uh, Julian Phillips finished up his official visit to Auburn today. He was here Monday, or he arrived on campus Monday. His dad came yesterday, and uh, he is finishing up today. I think he is officially done with it, and uh, he is not going to take another visit. He has said he is done visiting schools, so uh, hopefully Auburn can land him. Uh, a lot of people feel really good about it. So I uh, definitely want to... Uh, want to hope that that goes well and then you know basketball or football is you know recruiting never stops in football either so uh never ever so we're 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 full swing off season right now but uh you know we've still got Braves to talk about and auburn softball plays yeah. plays a, a game today with alabama state and then a, a weekend series against the georgia bulldogs which should be a lot of fun and then the biggest story in sports right now of course coming up at 3 30 today jerry brewer from the washington post will join us our sole focus with jerry when he joins the program the nfl draft yep we yeah. are now about 27 28 hours yeah. away from the 2022 nfl draft so we'll talk about that on today's show tom peavy yes sir how are you sir man we i'm i'm 
wonderful and uh yeah i wish people could see us right now if people could see us right now they would be laughing at our our (laughs) lookalikes uh we were both sporting the columbia blue lowercase a braves (laughs) old school brave shirt uh yours is a nike uh i guess a nike like a golf shirt yeah yeah i love nice nice polo dude i love that i'm sporting the the blue uh columbia button up yep uh, but we both have the set. The, the retro identity, look for the Braves. The re- we both went retro Braves look today. Un- unbeknownst to each other, it wasn't like we planned it. Right. But, but we have we have twinned it up today. A team who won last night. A team who got a, a much needed win last yeah, night. Yeah, uh, much needed. You know, while the Hawks are faltering, the Braves are you know trying to get themselves back on the right track. Uh, so that's a big win for the Braves. Uh, big win for Auburn baseball last night. Um, I, I still haven't seen the highlight. Uh, I was listening to the game when uh, Auburn robbed a home run. Oh man, that's a that's a really insane, it. insane. Casein Howell, the center fielder for the I'll Tigers. I'll see if I can find oh, it for you. Yeah. Uh, Casein had a the number two play on the Sports Center. Top oh, it, 10. it made it, it made, made number, it to number two. two. Really, it sent a pu- a push notification. Yeah, to I a saw lot it. of people yep. with the ESPN app, which never happens for Auburn baseball. Yeah. Like a crazy <laughs> play. That Nate LaRue had. I'm watching it right now. Unreal so, yeah, catch. The, the, now Andy Bertram and those guys just lost their mind over it. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the video right now. He literally did climb the fence. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Phenomenal play. Okay. Yeah, the, the fence is taller than he is by a good two feet or so, and he, he climbs uh, he climbs well over it's it. It's one so of the best catches I've seen fence. in college baseball before. It's about yeah. an eight-foot fence, and he scales that sucker and grabs it before yeah. it goes so, over Like I said, I was listening to it on the radio. All I could tell was the reaction from the announcers, from Andy Bertram and those guys. That was all I heard was the, their reaction. And they kept saying, if you don't see this on SportsCenter Top 10, there's something wrong with it. I mean, right. they, were just, they were just beside themselves <laughs> with this catch. So Yeah, yeah. that's um, pretty yeah. insane. That's tough. But, uh, but Auburn used a really big inning, um, a, a, an inning where uh, Jacksonville State's pitchers just struggled to get it across the plate. Scored five runs. Scored five runs on, on one hit. Yep. I think five runs on one hit in that one inning. Um, so big win. One eight to four. Eight eight to four. That's right. So big win for them. Uh, now yeah, one seven in a row. That's right. Seven in a row with a huge series coming up. Uh, huge series yeah. coming up. Uh, did do they have that Kennesaw State game today? No, no. Well, that was last week. That was last it? week. That was that last they had week. two games. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Last week was the two games. Um, huge series coming up again at number one Tennessee. Right. Uh, as we always say, when you're on the road like that, just try to win. Just win one. No kidding. Get one. Don't get swept. It'd be nice to take the series over the number one team in the country who is off to the best start in, you said, college baseball history, which I was unaware of. Crazy, crazy start for the volunteers. Yeah. So, we'll see. But Big yeah, success for them. And, a yeah. lot of stuff going on. We had a uh, big show yesterday. If you missed any of it, go back and listen to it on the Sports Call podcast. On yesterday's show, three guests. We talked to Kevin Ives of Plainsman Parking Lot. We talked to Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live at On3 Sports. And then Britt Bowen from the Auburn Sports Network, who's going to be on the call later Today for Auburn Softball, his broadcast partner, our very own Ryan Lavoy, will be doing the commentary for Auburn Softball today, taking on Alabama State. I'll stay here in the studio, make sure they stay on the air, and then we're right back at it this weekend with the three-game series between Auburn and Georgia. So busy times ahead as always. And again, J.G. Tate, Jerry Brewer, those guys will be our two guests on today's show. Let's get some birthdays taken care of. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today on April 27th here on this Wednesday. Happy birthday to Corey Seager. Corey Seager is the current MLB shortstop for the Texas Rangers. He spent the entirety of his career with the Los Angeles Dodgers before signing with the Rangers this past offseason. A two-time All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger, the 2016 National League Rookie of the Year, a 2020 World Series champion, 2020 World Series MVP, and 2020 NLC. CS MVP Corey Seager, a really good shortstop. Yeah. His first season playing for the Rangers, and the Braves will play at the Texas Rangers coming up this weekend. Happy birthday to Corey Seager, who turns 28. Chris Carpenter turns 47 years old, a former MLB pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays and St. Louis Cardinals, a three-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, winning both rings with the Cardinals, 2005 NL Cy Young Award, 2009 National League Comeback Player of the Year, 2009 NL ERA leader, and a member of the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Chris Carpenter, a great pitcher, turns 47 years old. 
Keenan Allen is turning 30, a current wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, selected in the third round of the 2013 NFL Draft out of California. Five-time Pro Bowl, 2013 PFWA All-Rookie Team, 2017 NFL Comeback Player of the Year. During his time at Cal, Allen was a first-team All-Pac-12 player. Keenan Allen, the great wide receiver, turns 30 years old. He's really good. Yeah. Really good wide receiver. I, uh, I lost a fantasy football season. I was I was in the championship, <laughs> and I should have won that game. Right. But whatever happened, Keenan Allen scored like 60 points in a Keenan game. Keenan Allen, most known for his hands. Right. Dude can... He can catch everything. Catch everything. He can catch everything. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is turning 27. A professional tennis player has a record of 177 and 107 in six career titles. Has reached the quarterfinals of two single majors. The 2014 Wimbledon upsetting then world number one Rafael Nadal en route in the 2015 Australian Open. He also reached the quarterfinals. Kyrgios is only the third player to have beaten each of the big three. The big three is Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal for the first time he played each of them that's insane yeah that's really insane talking we don't talk tennis ever no. on this show uh but the fact that in this era of tennis you've been able to see novak djokovic roger federer and rafael nadal all playing at the same time it's going to be really hard to duplicate the all-time success that those three have had again at the same time Most and definitely. we're celebrating nick Kyrgios who's turning 27 today, so happy birthday to him. And he beat all three of those guys in the first time he ever played them, which is just unbelievable. And then finally, George Gervin, the Iceman, the former NBA shooting guard and small forward, is turning 70 years old as Gervin selected in the third round of the 1974 NBA draft by the Phoenix Suns out of Eastern Michigan. He played for the San Antonio Spurs and Chicago Bulls, nine-time NBA All-Star, five-time All-NBA First Team, four-time NBA scoring champion, all-rookie first team, member of the ABA all-time team. He was a member of the 50th and 75th anniversary team for the NBA. His number 24 jersey is retired by the Eastern Michigan Eagles. His number 44 jersey is retired by the San Antonio Spurs. He's a member of both the Basketball Hall of Fame and the College Basketball Hall of Fame. George Garvin, the Iceman, one of the best basketball players of all time, is turning 70 years old. So those are our birthdays in sports here today on April 27th, 2022. And as we say, if it's your birthday out there, happy birthday to you. We hope that you have an amazing day here on this Wednesday. Let's take our first commercial break of the hour on the other side. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. It's coming up tomorrow. And then also we'll have a conversation with Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post in just a couple of moments. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. And just a little bit, Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post will be on our show. We're going to talk all things NFL Draft. The NFL Draft is tomorrow, and we're excited to uh, be able to discuss what we think can happen, the big storylines and whatnot coming up this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, and Jerry Brewer has a lot of awesome things to say when he joins our show here in just a little bit. If you would like to be a part of the program, you can give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's program. James from Montgomery. And James has called into the show. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to War you, Eagle. sir. 
Yeah, I am ready for the NFL draft, which is going to start tomorrow night. And I'm it's just tomorrow. And I'm going to see uh, where these two Auburn uh, football players from Auburn are actually going to be uh, going to their new homes uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, we got a few. We got uh, probably three. We're, we're kind of thinking in terms of Roger McCreary and Smoke Monday, Zacoby McLean. Uh, be really interested to see where those guys get drafted. Yes, as well, because I just, um, you know, since uh, the big draft weekend is uh, right around the corner and it starts tomorrow, I actually did my own little uh, NFL mock draft as well. And how did that go? Um, it went okay. I, I actually did it. Um, I actually did it at random. So I actually had like some kind of, I had like a, I had to just put my hand in a big fishbowl and I just had to just swerve all the players around and see where, where the players are actually going to be going to certain different teams as well. So give us an example. After you put your hand in the swish bowl, the fish bowl, and you swished it around a little bit, what happened? Give us an example um, of one of your picks. Well, um, one of my picks was at the bottom of uh, my mock draft. I actually have um, Smoke Monday going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, helping out the Super Bowl champ Tom Brady uh, to win another uh, Super Bowl as well. Wow, that's super exciting. You, you think that uh, he, he could go and, and join up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, as well, because I think with his, uh, with his great speed that I, that I saw from uh, last month at the Combine, he really has that um, – he, he has a strong pop-off of um, running as well and cutting, like cutting corners – uh, to actually, you know, stop the uh, defense as well. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball as well. Yeah. What about uh, what about Roger McCreary? Where do you think he could go? Um, I actually put him. I know we're what? Uh, I think we're in the twentieth, twentieth uh, pick. Um, no, twenty-first pick of the NFL draft tomorrow. So I put him with my Dallas Cowboys and uh, seeing. Uh, what he's really gonna, what he's really gonna step out with uh, uh, Dak Prescott and actually making him a Super Bowl contender sometime real soon. All right, so Roger McCreary to your Cowboys as a cornerback, and then uh, how about Zacoby? Where, where's your mock draft say as Zacoby McLean goes? Um, well, I was actually putting, I was gonna put him with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. That would be one pick. Or I would have I to like trade, that. huh? I like that, James. Yeah, or um, I can actually trade down to the Kansas City Chiefs, or actually trade up to uh, the Carolina Panthers. One of those, one of those three teams might want to pick him as well. We'll see. We'll see what we can. Uh, we'll see what we can do then. Okay. We'll see what we can accomplish, and and, and yeah. see what happens with the, the NFL draft. Yes, as well because this is uh, my first NFL draft I'm going to be watching this year as well, and I know it's from Las Vegas, Nevada, so I know that's a, a really good thing that the city of Las Vegas has um, hosted this year's uh, NFL draft as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the turnout's going to be at a venue like that. Uh, obviously, we've seen kind of the studio setups that they've done before. We've seen the Radio City Music Hall uh, setup that they've got there in New York. But the draft going to Las Vegas, I really do think it's interesting. Do you think uh, any big uh, quarterbacks are going to be drafted this year? I mean, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, some of those top quarterbacks? Um, yeah, because I'm actually looking at Malik Willis and I'm seeing, I've actually got Malik Willis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers to help out, uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well. Yeah. Since Ben Roethlisberger retired, do you think Malik Willis can be their next quarterback? Yeah, I think, I, I think he could be the next, um, uh, the next key, uh, missing piece to the um, Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. So I think he has what it takes to take them to a Super Bowl this year. Awesome. Awesome stuff indeed. Anything else on your mind today, James? Um, well, I've been uh, looking at the NBA Finals 
and uh, seeing who's going to actually play in the playoffs uh, this coming up week uh, when that actually happens uh, this coming up weekend as well. Yep, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see what takes place. What about the NBA playoffs? Um, well, it's kind of a hard toss-up because I know with uh, the Brooklyn Nets are eliminated from uh, playoff contention. That's right. So I'm I'm just gonna see how um, I'm gonna just probably see how Atlanta um, plays out. No, no. No, they're not playing today. I don't know when they're going to... Atlanta um, was eliminated yesterday. They're no longer in the playoffs. They were also eliminated like Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. And um, The Warriors play today. Yeah, so I'm going to see how the Warriors will actually uh, stack up in today's uh, game as well. And then I'm going to see what uh, the... uh, Milwaukee Bucks from last year's playoff would actually do to actually get back to the playoffs this year as well. Which Warriors player do you think is going to have a good game tonight? Um, I'm pretty sure that it will be Stephen Curry. I, I probably see great things coming out of Stephen Curry as well because he's um, he's going to keep that team together as well because I do have the Golden State Warriors favorite to win as well. Wow, yeah, he's a, he's a great shooter, that's for sure. He's an outstanding shooter. Tell me a couple other things, James. What else is on your mind? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, listening to Auburn uh, softball later on today and seeing if we're going to beat Alabama State. Yeah, they're playing in Montgomery, well. James. They're in your backyard. Yes, yes. So I'm I wish I was there in person to actually root on the uh, Auburn softball team, but I would um, trying to find out uh, where can I actually, you know, see them or I can actually uh, find out. So I think there will be on uh, YouTube TV. So I'll probably watch that in a couple of uh, minutes from now and seeing uh, how things would actually turn out for the Auburn softball team as well and seeing if we could uh, sweep uh, the Alabama State Hornet today. Yeah, no, I, I think that if you take a look at what's, uh, what, what's coming up tonight for that Auburn softball team, James, there's a chance that Bree Ellis could set a record for the Auburn Tigers uh, with home runs. So you'll have to follow along on Twitter to see if Bree can set the record. Yes, as well, because I did see some of her um, uh, great uh, performance plays that she's done, you know, hitting home runs and hitting massive, massive bombs, you know, last week when we played against uh, Jacksonville State. So, I mean, that's a really good thing for Auburn and I. And I'll probably see the Auburn women's uh, softball team actually go to the College World Series as well. Yeah. Well, James, it was so good to hear from you today. We hope that you enjoy the rest of your evening, okay? All right, sounds good. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. And I will be actually in Montgomery at the Montgomery Biscuits uh, tomorrow night as well. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Give us a call tomorrow and we'll talk about that, okay? All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. Our buddy James from Montgomery is joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 to be a part of the show as we go to our next commercial break. On the other side of this break, Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post will join our show talking all things NFL draft. That will take place right after this here on Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401. Or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. Welcome.
Welcome back into the program on Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app is how you can listen to our show live wherever you might be. JJ Jackson here inside our studios on South College Street along with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry in the mix as well. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a guest, a friend of the program, uh, making his debut on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post, kind enough to join us here today. Jerry, we certainly do appreciate the time. How are you? Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're excited to talk about the NFL draft that's coming up tomorrow. And uh, obviously this is a little bittersweet for us, Jerry, because with the NFL draft coming up for the past four or five handful of years, uh, when it's gotten to be this point, we've been able to talk with uh, one of your colleagues, the now late John Clayton, joining our program and uh, your time in Seattle and then working at the Washington Post with him. I know that he's on a lot of people's thoughts right now, but uh, thank you for taking this time. And it, it really did always feel like John Clayton just loved the NFL draft to kind of figure out who those next stars in the league were going to be yeah you really do feel the loss this time of year i mean i i can think of so many um uh, nfl drafts in seattle being in the in the seahawks uh draft headquarters and um they kind of have that next to a cafeteria um, the players lounge and just talking about prospects, talking about possible moves, him predicting what was going to happen and being absolutely right. Uh, Those are memories that are very strong this time of year. So um, that's just an irreplaceable loss. Yeah, we'll have the uh, NFL draft coming up tomorrow as uh, we start to turn the calendar to the 2022 NFL season. Talk about your experience, though, Jerry, because the the stories that uh, it looked like you were referencing there, we can only imagine here here in Auburn or just anywhere for folks that might be listening to our show to actually be kind of there and reporting on the draft rooms. You see them on the television coverage from time to time, but what's it like? Like, what are some of those scenes that uh, you'll never forget to just show exactly? how chaotic an NFL draft might be for those franchises. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, um, you, know, you, you get there a couple hours, maybe even as much as three hours before the draft, and you, you would kind of see um, all the scouts. You know, you normally don't get to see them in the building because they're away so often, and you might see them kind of walking around and the, or the GM or the coaches and assistant coaches and so everything's just kind of calm and then it gets more and more tense <laughs> um, then when they make the pick there's just like this big celebration and, and they always make you believe that it was exactly the way they planned it going <laughs> and they were more excited about this draft pick than any pick they've ever made huh. and then it's just like right back to right back to the war room right because uh, um, so there's not it's not until day three that there is really this sense of just great relaxation um, after they make their seventh-round pick, and then there's this mad scramble for undrafted free agents. Um, and then you sort of look back, and you often wonder, like, the thing I'm always interested in is, like, what was the puzzle that they were trying to put together? I don't necessarily look in terms of covering teams uh, on any individual draft pick unless it's like a top 10 pick because you absolutely have to mail, nail that. But you're kind of looking at like, how did they see their team? How did they read what value was in that draft? What are they trying to do? Because most of these teams are going to pick, uh, especially if they make trades, you know, six to 10 times. And not all those guys are going to make it, but if you're drafting well, you damn sure better have four long-term starters who come out of it, and, and you would hope a couple of guys who um, are star caliber. And so you have to look at that full picture. What were they trying to do? What does this mean for the direction of their team? Like I love how all those clues start to come together, and then you're able to kind of, I don't necessarily evaluate teams pick by pick versus like, what is the big picture here? And then you kind of hold them accountable the next three years based on how they were reading the room. And this almost feels like a draft where you are kind of looking for big picture as opposed to 
the pick-by-pick grade for these teams. It's a draft that every year we get to this part of the season. You want to talk quarterbacks, and we could certainly get to that at some point, but there's no names that are necessarily just jumping off the page right in front of you. And it's set up, Jerry, by an offseason that has seen a lot of quarterback movement. Like, what have you thought about the existing quarterbacks and all the shakeup that we've seen so far this offseason? Yeah, I think a lot of that is it's it's a sign of the time um, that that uh, teams are essentially saying like with, with the quarterback salaries rising, um, even if it's not the quarterback that we want to commit to for years and years and years, we kind of want a placeholder um, at a salary that we can kind of work around. So I think there's some of that going on in the cap dynamics when you wonder like, I don't like this guy. Um, why did they decide to pick up his contract in a trade for? $25, $30 million a season. Well, part of that is kind of cost certainty um, and a higher floor. Uh, the reason there was so much chaos is what we're going to see tomorrow. Um, it's not a good quarterback draft, and um, quarterbacks always get overdrafted, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are more taken in the first round than what draft Knicks are predicting. Uh, however, um, no one is looking at any of these guys and saying, you know, bam, that's 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 Joe Burrow, you know, or even that's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so um, a lot of those moves were made so that they could free up and and really get proper value in this draft. And this is an edge rushers draft, at least on Thursday for sure. And I think this is a wide receiver draft, a heavy wide receiver draft over the first two rounds and maybe into the third round. I think it's a very good defensive back draft, especially on day one and day two. So that's going to dominate the storyline on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Well, since you were talking about quarterbacks a little bit, uh, one of the guys that uh, could very well be the first quarterback taken uh, is a former Auburn Tiger and Malik Willis. Obviously, he left and finished his career at Liberty, uh, but Malik has uh, really transformed himself uh, into a top guy once he left and played at Liberty. So uh, just kind of in your opinion, do you think Malik could potentially – do you think he will be the first quarterback taken uh, over some of these other guys, or where do you see him falling in this draft? I think Kenny Pickett will be the first one taken, and right. I think he'll go somewhere in the top ten, um, and he's more of a safe pick. Uh, I think you can depend on him uh, you know, having a shot. I'm not right. sure that he's going to be a star, but I think that's why he would be the first pick. I will say this. Um, uh, you're, you're, talking, you're talking about, um, in Malik Willis, the most, physically gifted uh, quarterback available in this draft. And the question becomes, right, like, um, did the fact that he he went to Liberty and then started to stand out, um, was it because of the level of play? Um, uh, can he rise to the occasion um, or not? And, and that becomes a big question. You look at some of the big games, uh, that Liberty played that he didn't play well against. You know, I'm thinking about a game against Ole Miss uh, in particular, and there's a few others against big-name opponents. That scares you a little bit, but then you also have to acknowledge, like, that's Liberty, so it could have been the talent around him. Uh, It would be awfully difficult for me to take a pick in the first 20 on him. However, I think he could be one of those guys, if you're picking – you know, say 20 to 40 or 50 that uh, um, wind up being, you know, a phenomenal pick. Uh, it's just, you know, how patient are some of these teams going to be uh, who are really quarterback desperate? Jerry Brewer's here with us on the program from the Washington Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Brewer. Great extensive coverage about the NFL, a sports columnist for WAPO. So uh, here in Auburn, Jerry, the closest NFL franchise, the Atlanta Falcons, about an hour and a half drive away. So many people always have their eyes on what those dirty birds are doing. And with Atlanta going into this draft, Matt Ryan, a quarterback who saw his tenure in Atlanta come to a close. How'd you react to that news? Uh, it was time, you know, and I, I think the franchise needed to rebuild. And man, they got a hell of a rebuilding project, right? Like, I mean, I look at that roster um, coming out of free agency, uh, easily on paper, um, the worst roster in the NFL. Um, but that also tells you something maybe about this draft of them. 
that should not reach for a quarterback. Um, I, I think you know, even if they have just a phenomenal draft, this is a team that ain't going to win more than five games unless they just get an extraordinary um, coaching season and, and just players play out of their minds. So they're going to be back in the hunt next year in what's going to be a much better quarterback draft. So I think you look at this and you say, at minimum, this is a two-year or two-draft process for us. So let's just go out and let's get the best talent that we can get at number eight, and let's not reach. You know, they might um, in, in later rounds, you know, look at some of the more uh, and take a flyer type pick on a quarterback. But I'm sitting here looking at eight, and depending on how things go, you could get a phenomenal left tackle. Um, you could get. Um, whoever you love among those wide receivers, right? Like they might be in a position to take the first wide receiver on the board. Um, more so, I, I think the pick for them, you're likely going to be in a position to take the first or second best corner available. And that almost certainly would be either Soft Gardner or Derek Stingley, Stingley Jr. And I don't know how you would pass up on either option there. So I think for the Falcons, it's just take truly take the best player available take the guy that you think is going to be a star at a premium position that's worthy of number eight and then worry about your quarterback and the rest of your offensive problems down the road jerry you mentioned earlier that this is a really edge rusher heavy draft and that that a lot of people really love that position two of the names that people are talking about a lot are aiden hutchinson and trevon walker out of michigan and georgia i I, personally i look at these guys and there's nothing physically superimposing about them their stats don't really jump off the page uh their film that i have seen does not excite me too much why why is the nfl so high on these guys I think with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, it's really ridiculous motor. Uh, just the the um, his senior year at Michigan, he was just phenomenal, and he tested well. I mean, he tested athletically. If you want to believe these tests, he's more athletic than either of the Bosa brothers. And so, if you're looking at them as a possible comp, you're like, okay, well, th- this guy seems like a safe pick. I do think Aiden Hutchinson's the safest pick in the draft. But the fact that Walker is getting prime consideration as well kind of tells you they're not sure about the ceiling with him, right? Um, and Walker, the concern with Walker is the same concern that you would have about a ton of uh, of guys, you know, traditionally at Alabama, right? Like that defense at Georgia was so talented. What you know, um, what's it going to be like for an individual standout when he's not around? that caliber of talent in the NFL and he has to go and he has to beat his guy and so on and so forth. Um, that becomes the question, but, uh, you know, if I were, if, if you take everything away, I mean, I, I really do like that idea. I mean, Hutchinson and Walker probably would be um, one and two, you know, regardless of any other considerations, just who do I think um, would, would, would be in atop my prospect list. I think those guys would probably be one and two and Evan Neal. And I mean, I'm a big cornerback guy. So, I mean, I really, really like uh, Sauce Gardner as well. Um, and then you start going on down the, you know, Garrett Wilson um, is someone I like. Kyle Hamilton is someone I absolutely love. He's a safety, so he's going to go a little lower than he probably should. Um, that, that, in terms of talent, is how I think it, it all is. But this is one of those interesting drafts and that there isn't a clear, overwhelmingly dominant number one. And so it really becomes like what kind of offense, what kind of defensive scheme are you trying to run, and which guy do you think is going to be able to handle um, the adversity of the NFL? And that's why I think Hutchinson is, uh, is on a lot of lists as being the number one guy because he's been through quite a bit in his career. He's battle-tested. He's seen failure at Michigan, and he's helped them uh, get back to a level of of high respectability making the college football playoff. So um, you look at him and you're like, well, maybe he doesn't become an an elite, elite 15-sack-a-year type of player 
but I feel really good about him getting double-digit sacks for quite a long time. Jerry, first of all, congratulations on your induction into the Kentucky Journalism Hall of Fame. Uh, that's oh, pretty thank cool. You very much. Yeah, no problem. And uh, you said you're a pretty big uh, cornerback guy. Um, so Auburn has one cornerback that's probably really, really gonna uh, that's probably gonna go pretty decently high in the draft. Roger McCreary. Where do you see him fitting in um, in the draft this year? Yeah, that's an interesting um, an interesting question. I mean, he's not gonna go. Um, probably in the first 40, but I do think he's someone that, um, you know, people who have like a certain amount of taste uh, at corner um, are, are going to really like. Uh, so um, I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, um, you know, taken on, on day two uh, somewhere by some team that could really use him. Um, and really knows how to use them. I think fit matters more for him than some of the, say, the top five or so corners um, on the market. And it just kind of depends on on just how the draft falls. And, uh, you know, the hard part for him is probably, like, after the first round, is just this crazy run um, on wide receivers because of value. Uh, I mean, we're talking, we're in this era where, the top receiver makes twenty thirty million a year, and if you're going to try to retain a guy, you're, you're twenty five million. And I don't know if you guys remember the days when you would draft a receiver, and it would take two or three years before the guy really showed whether he could play or not, whether he could run the route in the West Coast dominant system or this or that. Now, like quarterbacks, because offenses are allow more freedom to their players. Um, young wide receivers thrive way more than they ever have. I mean, just look at, it seems like every doggone receiver from the SEC who's been really good has <laughs> gone to the NFL lately. And just Don't we know it. Been phenomenal as rookies, right? Um, so I think a lot of teams are looking at that and saying, um, if you can get you know a receiver that you really like, um, it's worth bringing him in on a cheaper contract because uh, that might save you some dollars down the road and trying to re-sign a guy or go in free agency and have to trade. Like, it's crazy in the NFL. The, the craziest thing was not any of the quarterbacks this year. The craziest thing was that, uh, you know, a team was willing to give up the Miami Dolphins five draft picks in order to to um, to pay Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. And that the Raiders, uh, as wonderful as Devontae Adams is, were willing to go that high on a 30-year-old wide receiver and make a big trade right. uh, to get him as well. Like, you don't want to start playing that game in the NFL. And so I think that's why a lot of teams are going to be like, if I can get a good, a really good wide receiver on a rookie contract, that's going to be higher on my priority list than it's ever been. Well, Jerry, we certainly do appreciate you taking time to chat with us. We've enjoyed uh, our first interactions with you down here in Auburn. Tell us a little bit about some of the projects you've got coming out. And, again, how can people find your work? Uh, you can always go to WashingtonPost.com slash Brewer. And, um, I mean, I'll be all over the draft this week. Uh, I'll be into the uh, NBA playoffs uh, next week. Um, and you know, hopefully I get to, to get out to the ballpark and, and do a little baseball. There's there you some go. interesting stories brewing there. Well, War Eagle to you, Jerry. We appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. You take it easy. All right. That's Jerry Brewer. He's joining us on the program there as uh, our first hour of the show comes to a close. One day away from the NFL draft, J.G. Tate set to join us. Here and uh, it's always interesting to get an outsider's perspective. Somebody like Jerry Brewer, who did work uh, for so many years yeah. in Seattle with John Clayton, who was always on our program leading up to the NFL draft, got to be in war rooms. Did both of those? I can only imagine. Yeah, right. What oh, that yeah. experience oh, is sure. like. Learning so much when you're just watching these so people. Experience. They're running around like madmen, probably trying to make sure they've got the best picks. Yeah. Coming up, yeah. so and still the best. This is Sports Center commercial ever. John Clayton. John Clayton's. This is Sports Center is, is so good. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Well, that does it for the first hour of Iron Show. JG Tate will join us on the other side of.
of this break, talking all things Auburn athletics. Alongside Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson hanging out inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy. Hoping to get connected with JG Tate from AuburnSports.com here in just a few moments. Our show is ending today at 4.30 because coming up at 4.45, Auburn softball will be taking on Alabama State. So Auburn and the Hornets going head-to-head on the softball diamond. Tigers have seven games left in the regular season, including a three-game series against the Georgia Bulldogs and the Tennessee Volunteers coming up next weekend. We just talked with Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post about the NFL draft. Big picture, Brant, kind of tell folks some storylines that uh, we've got going into the NFL draft tomorrow. Yeah, we've mentioned it a couple of times on this show so far. There's no clear first or second overall pick, No, but there are a lot of guys lumped together that could all go in the top ten in any year of the draft so a very interesting draft one where you don't have all the answers uh we talked with with uh with uh, jerry brewer and he brought up the point like hey there's some really decent edge rushers in this class there are some great wide receivers and i i think this uh, i think this wide receiver class is a chance to be really really good oh yeah i like the wide receivers a lot in this class but there's no quarterback in here that you say oh this guy is a franchise uh savior or reviver or whatever but there are a lot of guys that are going to be key contributors uh as we move on in the nfl season solid role players for sure absolutely it seems like one of those drafts where you can just bolster your roster and and not maybe find that exact star coming your way tomorrow and we of course we'll see how many auburn tigers hear their name called sports call can now be heard on amazon alexa devices open the alexa app on your iphone or android and tap the menu icon at the top left Tap skills and games in the menu search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, tap enable to use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. And, uh, guys, let's go down to our Auburn Bank phone line, bring on a very good friend, our buddy J.G. Tate of Auburn Rivals, kind enough to join us here on the show. How's this Wednesday going for you, J.G.? I have not heard shotgun bullets over here in Montgomery yet, so, I mean, that's a good day so far. <laughs> a win, a win, a win. That's what we like to hear. Uh, well, it's good to hear from you. Uh, the basketball season's come to a close. The football <coughs> spring portion of the calendar has come to the close. Like, what's on your radar this time of year, J.G.? Uh, I just kind of get into softball, honestly. I, I learned to love it, I don't know, when, when Clint was here, and uh, I just kind of kept following it. And this team's gotten a lot better. You know a lot about that, J.J. So, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I like following that team. And I, I like this team. They're going to get – obviously, they're going to get to the uh, tournament and may be able to host. And uh, I'm just kind of excited to see uh, if they can get that last little 10 or 15% that they need out of their offense 
maybe get a little bit out of Shelby, and uh, it could be a pretty dangerous team. If you like home runs, you'll enjoy watching those softball. And the pace is so quick. And, yeah, I, I honestly didn't do a whole lot of uh, softball myself until uh, broadcasting the games over the past six or seven years with Britt. And, uh, no, it's it's a whole lot of fun to watch this team. You, you're impressed by the offense, though. It's kind of your big takeaway for them. Yeah, well, just compared to last year, because it was sure. horrible last year. And now, I, I feel like they should be above average right now. They're kind of waffling a little bit between average and a little bit better. But Brie Ellis, if you don't know who she is, uh, she's their cleanup hitter. And I'm telling you, I have never seen someone at Auburn have that kind of power. It's unbelievable. And she's just a freshman. Yeah, terrifying. Another freshman, Nelia Peralta, has got double-digit home runs, and Casey Cooper's the only one who's ever done that before. So really, really talented softball team on the diamond there. What about uh, – you got any thoughts on baseball? I know BMAT does a lot of the baseball coverage for you guys over there, but where are you on Butch Thompson's bunch? Well, as you know, someone who's kind of spent most of his life a little more portly, uh, yeah, Sonny Deshara is a guy that I love. <laughs> I'm glad he's having such an incredible year, man. You know, BMAT has felt all along that this team was, like, solid, nothing, not necessarily better, not necessarily worse than that. But, man, the sweep last week, the fact that they're getting their pitching sorted out a little bit and they're getting a few other guys, uh, a few other sticks kind of get heating up, I don't know, they're looking a little bit better now, and I think Brian agrees. So I'm also interested to see how far that team can go. I, I, listen, I believe in Butch as much as anybody alive, so I, I'm glad to see him kind of getting this team turned around, and I, I think he's one heck of a coach. Yeah, uh, JG. I think we're like bouncing around a bunch of different sports. I mean, a sport that's not playing currently, basketball, but all attention it seems to be on the uh, recruiting going on. Julian Phillips just uh, finished his official visit here. It sounds like there's a potential that Bruce Pearl may have a better roster next year than he had this year. I mean, do you see it that way? Yeah, I don't know about that because uh, Jabari was so good, and I don't think they're going to have a Jabari unless something really weird happens. But I think top to bottom, they're going to have a lot of dudes. And if you add Julian Phillips uh, to me, I mentioned him on the bunker yesterday as someone I think is kind of a unicorn in the sense that he can help you in transition. Uh, He's a good three-point shooter. Uh, He can play potentially two. I think of him more as three myself. He can also play some four. So he gives you a lot of options. And I don't know that he's quite like Jabari right off the bat. I mean, first of all, he's 6'8". He's a different kind of player. But I think he's a guy with 15 games might be able to be one of those really good freshmen nationally. So he would be a great guy to add. I still think they need to add another big. And they're definitely pursuing uh, Janai Broom uh, from Moorhead State. I think it's down to Auburn and Florida at this point. We'll see what the basketball roster looks like. I mean, this is just going to be the new norm, right? We're in the transfer portal era, and, and this is something that we've got to get adjusted to, right? Yeah, I think that's part of it. NIL is also a factor, and Auburn's kind of in the process of getting some things straightened out on the NIL front. Uh, A lot of folks with good intentions, and I think a lot of folks that are willing to give to that organization, but it's just kind of making sure they're all getting things working in the right direction. You know, it's a difficult balance. You have to set up uh, NIL uh, deals for uh, current Auburn players, and then you have to set them up. Uh, for potential Auburn players, and I think it adds a lot of complexity. It's a very complicated thing to do and, and to do well, and I, I love the attitude that everybody up there has been has been showing to try to get that right. What about from the football perspective, JG? Because we exit spring, and now we're at the portion of the year where everyone wants to focus on the transfer portal for the football team and how you can make improvements going into fall camp. Like, Is there one position group that Auburn needs to truly focus on, or how do you see that shaping up? To me, they really need linemen. Uh, and the problem is that I think that they need quality offensive linemen. The problem is that they've got 15 offensive linemen on scholarship here. Uh, and a lot of those guys are coming back after multiple years playing. It's really tough to tell a kid, hey man, why don't you come to Auburn and uh, yeah, we think you can play. And then it's like, hey, there's 15 guys competing <laughs> for the job. Like, It's like Auburn is concurrently not very good on the offensive line and cool on the offensive line, which is a very strange thing to have. Uh, and then on the defensive line, it's not quite like that. But they've got some good starters, and I, I don't know. Their roster's just set up to where some guy coming in from a lower division is going to be scared off a little bit by some of the depth Auburn has. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm obligated to ask you uh, what the quarterback update is here for April 2022. I mean, just kind of how I feel about how that will break down? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've believed in Zach Calzada all along. And, okay. Uh, nothing I've seen or heard has changed my feeling on that. I think he'll be the QB1. Uh, I think that Robbie Ashford is the next best choice, and uh, he is getting better very quickly. So that's something to keep, certainly keep an eye on. But I think Zach Calzada has an insane arm. I think he has a great arm. And 
if he just kind of harnesses that and learns to make even better decisions than he did at A&M, I, I think he could be a really good player for Auburn. What stood out to you from from interactions that you might have had from this new coaching staff uh, that's coming together? Because it's year two for Harson, but a lot of turnover in, in that regard, and, and got a chance to catch up with some of those coaches throughout the spring portion of football. What stood out to you about that staff? Yeah, I mean, I I think that this group as a, as a whole has a much better idea of what it needs to do to thrive, specifically in a recruiting context. I just think a lot of guys got here from Boise. And they had done a very good job of recruiting at Boise, largely because they had a great identity out there. And kids in that zone of the country wanted to be there because they had so much inertia. You know, when you come to Auburn, it isn't quite like that. You've got a lot of people around you, like Georgia, Alabama, Florida, LSU, et cetera, et cetera, Miami now, trying to steal your kids. And you got to kind of change how you market yourself. And I think they were a little slow to pick that up. Not all of them, but the staff as a whole was. And now I think they're in lockstep. I think they understand what they've got to do. They know what's got to be done, uh, including the head coach. And I just love this kind of mental transformation they've made in the last six months to say, hey, we do need to make some adjustments. And uh, they're doing the right things. I like what they're doing on the recruiting trail. And, I mean, they've already got a five-star safety committed, which is a great step forward for them. And I think they've got more really high-profile guys that are going to come along um, in the next three or four months. I know a lot of people learned yesterday from, from listening to Coach Harson, Coach Pearl talk on, on their ambush tour that they're going on. People excited about incoming freshman Trey Donaldson. There was a thought that maybe he'd be able to play both football and basketball, but it seems as though he's just going to be a, a Bruce Pearl player sticking to the hardwood. I just think it would have been so awesome here in 2022 to see a guy play two different sports. But, J.G., I guess that's just something that we're not going to get the chance to see, and maybe we won't see that again because I know that uh, the younger you are they want to see more specialists in sports and that sort of thing and i just think that's a shame because i think it'd be epic to see one of those two sports stars in the sec yeah i don't i don't know i mean he's been a guy who's been exposed to a lot of different sports and so you know he's kind of like he's doing what you're talking about where he's not specializing right he, he did he did spread out and get a pretty broad base of skills i just think he's a better basketball player than he is a football player if you want to know my opinion and I think he's got a real future on the court, whereas I think his future in football would be college at best. That's just kind of the way I see it. And then the coaches don't want to open him up to injury. I mean, if he's playing for Harson, he doesn't want him to get injured and install his safety development. And then the same goes for BP. But my thought all along was that he was going to play basketball only here. So uh, to me, this isn't shocking or anything. All right, it's J.G. Tate, Auburn Rivals, AuburnSports.com. Uh, give me a quick plug of the website, J.G., and then we've got a couple of more things we want to talk to you about. Uh, yeah, it's the greatest website in the history of the Internet, uh, the <laughs> bunker, the message board. It's so much fun, and everybody talks smack, and we have a lot of fun together, and it's family. Family, yeah. <laughs> well, J.G., as you, as you know, I, I like to peruse the bunker. Uh, of course. There, there's some things on here. It, it's not all sports, so uh, give, give us a hint at maybe some cool stuff that's currently up on the bunker that maybe is not sports-related. Like, I'm sitting here looking. They're talking about fictosexuals. <laughs> yeah, that's apparently when you have a relationship with a hologram. Um, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of out of my zone a little bit. Uh, you just kind of have to figure out. We got one about uh, having some family fighting, uh, sleep apnea. Yeah, I mean, lots of fun things always going on. It is. It is a fun site, and and, they, and I don't see any up here like in, at the moment. They like to talk a little bit of bourbon. I know you're a bourbon connoisseur. Of course. I want to do that. I want to do this uh, before we get out as well, JG. We've been working on our great sports movie bracket. We started with sixty-four, going head to head down to four. I know you're a busy man. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to to see this over the past few weeks or so, but we're down to four. Okay. Yeah. Moneyball, A League of Their Own, Rocky, and The Sandlot. What's the best sports movie? Wow, there's some really good ones right there. Uh, the one that I enjoy the most out of them is League of Their Own. And part of the reason is that that was filmed uh, over there in Indiana, uh, Evansville, Indiana, which is very close to where I was at the time that was filming. So we would go over there and try to see Madonna, who was a huge star no at kidding. the time. I know she's like, she's an old chick now, but uh, we didn't actually get to see her. But it was fun kind of being around that hype over that way. So that, that movie has kind of a special... Uh, connection for me and my wife i'd imagine so that's awesome jg we always do appreciate the time keep up the good work and uh look forward to talking to you again soon okay all right man see y'all all right that's jg tate auburnsports.com live from montgomery joining us on the program as he does from time to time
Always love catching up with him. He's a fun personality. Oh. Two guys from Montgomery on our phone line today. Yeah, how about that? James giving us yes, a call sir. in, and then uh, and then JG catching up with him there on the show. Let's take our final commercial break of today's program, a nightly TV guide, and we start to wrap up our show right after this here on Sports Call. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back into the program, moving along. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ, Tom, Brant, and Cam. Final few moments of sports call here today because, guess what? Auburn softball coming up here in just a little bit. The Tigers are going to be taking on Alabama State from Montgomery. Auburn played them already this season at Jane B. Moore Field. They won that game by a score of 6-2. to two. Britt Bowen and Ryan Lavoy will have your coverage of Auburn softball here in just a little bit. Uh, you were mentioning all eyes on Brie Ellis. What, what record could she potentially so break? So she tied Casey Cooper for freshman home runs for the Auburn Tigers with 18 in a single season. She needs one more, and no other freshman in the history of Auburn softball will have ever hit more home runs than Brie Ellis, which is unreal. That's and she's going to get it. She's she gonna break is that going record. to get it. Auburn going into the season, only one freshman ever had double-digit home runs, and that was Casey Cooper. Now Auburn has two nice. this season alone, and Bree Ellis and Nellia Peralta has ten. Nelly. And then another freshman, Jesse Blaine, has eight home runs. Goodness So gracious. Auburn has a really, really, really bright future with their pitching staff and uh, – you know the young hitters that they've got it's a long season they're yeah. battling some injuries right now right. it's kind of slowing them up a little bit but it's a really really good and fun team yeah well and i mean that was one of the the big things that they needed to do over there is is find some hitters because uh the pitching they were recruiting great pitching and that was doing fine but they just had no offense yeah. and now this year that pitching is is more experienced but it you've is. got now you've got some offensive output, and, and that was the one thing that uh, that they talked about with the recruiting and this recruiting class that came in is how loaded it was on the offensive side of things, and that that should bolster this team. Uh, the expectations for the team, at least in what I could tell from a, a you know a media standpoint, were not very high. But they have surpassed those expectations. I know there was a little bit of a span. You've talked about the injuries. A little bit of a span through there. They they kind of started struggling after like a super hot start. Uh, but then uh, lately picked uh, it back up again. Picked it back yeah. up again. Got yep. that, got a got a good series win uh, over Mississippi State and and looking to kind of keep it going. No kidding. Yeah, like you mentioned, JJ, a couple of injuries uh, that, you know, losing Denver Bryant in the middle of the season has got to be huge. hard. You can speak to this more than I can. but She was another home run yeah, hitter. Drawing, yeah. comp, drawing comps to Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. as the leadoff hitter and the, the mixture of uh, speed and power and what she was able to do. And you've lost that on the offensive right. end as well. But Michaela Packer in that regard. Michaela Denver Packer, Bryant did me. hit a lot of home runs, but she yes. was at the bottom of the order. My, my bad. But, but still, Packer, still, either way. But Packer has been hobbled. Packer missed a full yes. week in non-conference play, and then she's only playing about half of the game or so for Auburn right now. So, no, you're exactly right that they are going through some injuries. Yeah, So, but still being able to find, find, find ways, ways to grind to win. out wins and, and to yeah. grab that series in Starkville after losing game one in such a heartbreaking way. Here is the most important thing we need to say, because we are out of time. we got to get off the air here and let Auburn softball come on and uh, take care of business here tonight against Alabama. State on Twitter 
at Sports Call AU. The most important thing we've been doing, a huge, great sports movie bracket. Austin Scott is unbelievable, visually making it look awesome. We put it all together last year, or a few years ago, I should say. And now we're down to the final four, guys. It's Moneyball, it's Rocky, it's a league of their own, it's the Sandlot. Four movies in bracket formats, all and we're trying to figure movies. out yeah, who's going to be in the championship movies, matchup. Sure. So tell me about this, Tom. Tell me what you're thinking. Uh, I, some big upsets in there. Uh, man, I had the bracket pulled up just a second ago. Uh, I, I made my picks. Brent, um, what do you think about the matchup? Let, let me get that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I got my bracket pulled okay. up now. I'll let, I'll let Tom take it. Uh, so the four that we've got left. Yeah. Um, all right. So Moneyball, it was the number one seed on that side of the bracket. They are still in it. I, I maybe it's because I I've seen Moneyball. I mean, it was a good movie. I'm I love not Moneyball. A, I, yeah, I'm just I was not a just a overwhelming fan of Moneyball. I mean, it was a good movie. Yeah, I personally. Would have put Karate Kid over Moneyball in that uh, in yeah, that semifinal bracket. That, that that bracket, but Moneyball's in it. A League of Their Own, uh, uh, one of the most classic movies out there. Baseball movie um, dealing with anybody that has not seen A League of Their Own deals with the uh, uh, the female baseball team from the 1940s yeah. that they put together in in the wake of World War II. Tom Hanks is the uh, the manager of the team. You've got. Uh, Madonna, as uh, JG Tate talked about, oh, it's a so, funny story. Um, and 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 then the soundtrack to that movie is incredible. But everything oh, about yeah. that movie is yeah. is so good. So, uh, I you know obviously for my picks there, I got to go with the League of Their Own just because I'm a huge fan of that movie. Yeah, uh, Moneyball is kind of a meh movie meh. for me. Yeah. That's fair. On, on the other side. Uh, Rocky is still in there, the number one overall or the number one seed on that side of the bracket. I, I mean, you can't get much more iconic than Rocky. I, I mean, there's literally people that still run the steps in Philadelphia. Uh, is that the library? Yeah, um, the, the library. Liberty Bell. That's not where the Liberty Bill is. I didn't think, it, or is it? Maybe not. Maybe I, it is going to the library. Anyway, the Both I, are in Philadelphia. Yeah, sure, but it's the iconic steps there in Philadelphia. I mean, people still run these steps. Uh, and, and I mean, it's one of those that uh, people still quote the movie. Um, geez, uh, how many sequel? How many Rocky sequels came out? We got of up to like five. seven. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's including Creed because that would be the. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's technic- that is technically a sequel to Rocky yeah. Creed. Yeah, and there's two so, of them, so I think there's so, like I mean, nine a, in that yeah, universe. Yeah, nine. I mean, it's a movie that spawned that many successful. Uh, the steps are I mean, seventy-two well, stone steps leading up to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Museum okay, the museum art. So, so like three successful sequels and a couple of other movies that were also made. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and a couple. Uh, and, and then you got, and then you got the Sandlot. Um, so his, go vote. Also, his, go vote. Has made it through it. the th- the number three seed. It knocked off the two seed. Remember the Titans. So go vote. Sandlot and Rocky. We got to um, get out of here, man. We got to get out of here. Iconic. Let's do a uh, TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. It's a Nightly TV Guide and it's brought to you by Coca-Cola. Bull Durham tonight at 6 on FS1. The Banger. Cubs and Braves at 620 well, there you go, on Brent. Valley Sports. Two NBA playoff matchups for you tonight. You've got Bulls and Bucks at 630 on TNT. Nuggets and Warriors at 9 on TNT. Men in Black International at 7 on FX. And then the movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World coming up at 8 tonight on Movie Max. Brent, give me your pick for the great sports movie bracket. Uh, of or, the four teams we have remaining, give me League of Their Own. Okay, that's the movie you want folks to check out. What do you say, Cam? Sandlot. Sandlot it is. All right. Tom, thank you for being here, yeah, man. League of Their Own for me. Unfortunately, uh, Bull Durham that is on our nightly TV guide did not advance to the final. Yeah, have, another I, I would have. Uh, I would take that movie over any of these four. Thanks for being here, Tom. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I'll be here. Tom, as much as I love them. or excuse me, Cam, we will see you next week as well. Yes, sir. 
Brent, we'll see you later in the week here on the program. Yes, you will. All right, that does it for today's show. Auburn softball's coming up next as the Tigers get set to take on Alabama State. You can hear that right here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. If you listen to us on the Sports Call podcast, thank you very much for doing that. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It means the world when you do that for us. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to J.G. Tate for joining us on the program as well as Jerry Brewer. For Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day.